Hello. Hey, how's it going? Oh, good, thank you. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. So, what can I do for you? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's this, um, this thing with, like, uh, emotional emptiness. Uh, and, uh, like, dissociation and stuff. Right. Right, when did... This, so, yeah, so just give me the background on, uh where it's at and what's going down um well like i i guess like it's been bad for like a few years now and it it started it started when i started becoming really like uh like when i was self-attacking a lot um and i was like really self-conscious about um uh so do you mind if i add um hoinal to the call uh, whatever you like. Um, sorry, I said I would. I forgot. I was going to add her. Um, okay. Um, uh, yeah. So I, I was like, I was self-attacking a lot, and um, and I started to like dissociate. Yeah. Um, because I was like so self-conscious the whole time, and it was like. Uh, sorry, when you say the whole time, just what time frame do you mean? Oh, like. Uh, Basically, it was my my anxiety was around like the sound of my voice, and uh, All right. and it was even like when I was thinking like on my own. Uh, so it wasn't. It was like all the time, basically. So the sound of your voice, like even in your head, kind of. Thing. Even in my head, so like yeah, I was like self attacking constantly. Right. And uh, so go on. And um, yeah, so. Like that went on for like basically it just it it was just always there and um it was kind of like being yeah in like an impossible situation in my head and uh I was doing more and more like self destructive things to like uh like I guess I I was like uh I was kind of like nihilistic and stuff and and what does that mean? How did that look? Well, like doing drugs and stuff. Right, right, okay. Um, and also, I was forcing myself into like social situations to like as a way of like confronting this in myself. Um, right. But I was like, I was I wasn't like being uh, like sympathetic towards myself at all, and I was just like. Uh, like, you know, in CBT, they have, like, uh, exposure therapy. Yes. Um, uh, so I was kind of, like, just doing it that way, uh, but without, like, yeah, without any sympathy, I guess, for myself. Right. Right. And was this a um, a sort of sudden start to this? Did it come about slowly? Was there any sort of inciting incident? Um, yeah, it was, it was when this guy, he like, uh, verbally, like, attacked me. Um. And what was the situation? I was with a friend, and, um, he had a friend come over from, from America, and, uh, yeah, I was just at, at my friend's house, and he was there, and basically, uh, I didn't expect him that this other guy to be there, uh, and I, um, 
yeah, I well, I didn't like the guy, and I remember I was like kind of passive aggressive, like showing that I didn't like him, and then like the tension like built over a couple of days, and then he like attacked. Sorry, why were you uh, why were you in contact with this guy for a couple of days? Um, well, this was. You know, when I didn't really have any self-knowledge, or like very little self-knowledge, and I, I thought that I could trust my friend. Uh, and, well, I, I it was like I thought that he would go away if I stayed there, kind of thing. I'm sorry, you, you're going to have to be clear. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> so just, just just step me through it. So the, the, what, the, you're staying with, are you staying with the, in the same place as this guy or what? Yeah, like I, I was planning on visiting my friend, and he's he had like a free house. And right. His parents weren't there or anything, and uh, on my way there, like after traveling for like an hour or something, he he tells me that he has this other friend there. Um, and, and you I didn't was, know this other friend and, was coming, right? No, I didn't. Okay. And I, and I got there, and you know I was willing to like see if I liked him or not, but and but I didn't, and. Uh, for some reason, I decided to stay. Okay, so, uh, so let, let's start with that. Yeah. Let's start with that, right? Because, you know, in this kind of situation, prevention is always better than cure, right? Right. So what what, what do you think was going on with your friend that, that this was happening? I mean, that's kind of weird, right? I mean, if you're going to go visit a friend, and then he says, not ahead of time, mm-hmm. that this other person's going to be there, I mean, that's a bit odd, right? Yeah. Yeah. And does your friend know that you don't like this other guy? Um, well, I, I'm not friends with him, him anymore, but, um, oh, sorry, I, uh, the friend you were staying with or the other guy? What's that say? The friend you were staying with or the other guy? Um, I, I don't know either of them anymore. Okay. Okay. But did, did your friend who invited you know that you didn't get along with this other guy? Uh, I guess I didn't say it like explicitly at the time. I, I said it like. I don't think your friend likes me because I didn't want to. Uh, I guess I didn't want to say I don't like your friend. Right. And uh, But your understanding was that it was going to be you and this guy, and then he invited someone else uh, to stay at the same time, right? Right, right. Right, right. And uh, so what's the story of that? I mean, why, why do you think that occurred? Um... Because, I mean, it's, it's odd. I mean, it's not, it's nothing wrong with it fundamentally, but it's, you know, if I'm inviting someone to come and stay with me and we're expecting to sort of spend time together, if somebody else is coming that the other person doesn't know, mm-hmm. uh, at the very least I would call and say, hey, you know, <laughs> uh, this person wants to come or, or that kind of stuff, right? Right, right. Okay, so why do you think that didn't happen? Um, I, I, I can, well, it's like, I I think it's because I didn't have boundaries back then. Like, he knew he could uh, do it that. It was easier for him, right? So this other guy wanted to come and stay, and he felt maybe that it was easier to just say, oh, I'm sure this you know this friend of mine will be fine with it or whatever, rather than right. make a decision himself and set boundaries up. Right, right. Uh, and in a way, he was kind of right, because you didn't say, well, wait a minute, what the hell are you doing, right? Right, yeah. He knew I'd respond like that, so... Yeah. Right, so he sort of he took the path of least resistance, so to speak, right? Yeah, 
Okay. Yeah. And then sadly, that's, that's all too often how people make these kinds of decisions, right? Right. I mean, they just, um, you know, who's, who's going to be the least upset about, uh, about what I'm doing. And that person then gets the short end of the stick, right? Right. Right. So you uh, felt, if I understand this rightly and correct me if I'm wrong in this as in everything, but you felt it's like a, um, an impossible situation, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you could have just left, right? I could have. You could have yeah. said, look, I mean, I'm not getting along with this fellow. I thought it was just going to be us. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've been, everybody's been in these situations. So I hope you don't feel too like singled out, right? Like, I mean, you know, <laughs> I remember once asking a girl out for what I thought was a date and she brought a guy along. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just, yeah, what do you do, right? Well, you just yeah. get through it and go home, right? Right. But uh, in this situation, um, you had sort of arranged to spend a couple of days with this guy. Yeah. And so that became progressively more awkward as and, and what was it you didn't like about this the other guy? Um I just uh I just didn't like him. Um uh, <laughs> well, Come he, on, it's looking a lot harder than that. He he was kinda of, he was like uh he was a walking contradiction, I guess. Like he was a gay Christian. And I found that like strange. Like um uh but yeah, I just found him like kind of mean, I guess. Like now, does your friend know that you're an atheist? I assume you are. Yeah, um, and so he invites an atheist and a Christian to hang together for. <laughs> no, I mean again, that may not be the end of the world, right? It certainly would be something you'd want to talk about ahead of time. It's not right. like you can't have any fun ever with a Christian. Of course you can, right? But right. it's something you'd want to talk about ahead of time with right. the person. And this is where my friend was a bit slimy because, like, I didn't know that my friend was like a theist. Like, he kept it really quiet. Um, uh, do you mean the friend who invited the Christian? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it's weird because, like, before then, like, I'd, you know, like, bashed Christianity, like, loads. And, like, he would just sit there not defending Christianity. So, like, not defending his beliefs at all. Well, he got you back, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there's I guess... a whole lot of passive-aggressive about passive aggression going along here, right? So if, if he's religious or spiritual or agnostic or whatever, right? Oh, no, he's a theist, you said, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, so you understand. Like, so so he he gets the, the, the difficult Christian and you guys together because he's upset with you about bashing religion, so to speak, right? Right, right. I mean, does that make sense? Yes. I'm not saying it's conscious. He's not like sitting there with little dead figurines saying, aha, you know, theist will trump, atheist will make uncomfortable. But this uh, is, is likely an unconscious motivation. Right, right. Right. Okay. I see that. I mean, because it's very hard for us to be conscious when everyone around us is unconscious. I think this is really important. We, we so often think that we're acting in isolation of our environment. You know, like, well, I have a commitment to be conscious and I have a commitment to be honest in my relationships. But in this situation, I just wasn't. That must be because I am failing my commitments. I am this, that, and the other, right? Right. But the reality is it's really hard to speak English when everyone else is speaking Mandarin, right? Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to speak the language of consciousness when, if other people are acting in a really unconscious manner. I see. Because when people are acting in an unconscious manner, it's truly unconscious, I mean, they're still responsible for it being unconscious, right? I mean, because mm-hmm. they've made the, you know, they've made whatever decisions they've made to avoid self-knowledge, and therefore they're responsible for that. 
Right. But when somebody's acting really unconsciously, the stakes are very high when it comes to confrontation because they will have the ultimate um, defense, so to speak, which is the wide-eyed protestations of innocence followed by the you're projecting school of projection, right? <laughs> right. Right. So if you'd, if you'd have said, look, I mean, wh what's going on? Why are you bunking me with a an, ab an abrasive Christian, right? Right. I'm, I'm an atheist. You know that, right? Oh, I didn't think you were the kind of atheist who would just bash on all Christians or you just hated all Christians. I mean, what, you're not, never supposed to ever speak to another Christian? You get all that kind of stuff. Right, right. Because, right. yeah, he was very much about, like, uh, accepting everyone and all that. Like, right. he, he, he wanted to be friends with everyone, it seemed. Right, right. And, 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 I mean, that's fine as long as you recognize that's a vice. The, it's a vice to want to be friends with everyone because not everyone is worthy of friendship, right? Right, right. Like, I mean, it was, it was when enough. We, when we oh, look sorry. about that in terms of uh, when women want to sleep with everyone, <laughs> we have particular <laughs> names for them that aren't often, often the most complimentary. Uh, and the same thing is true. It's, it's, it, it, the same thing is true when it comes to friendship, though, of course, uh, STDs are just socialism transmitted diseases. But anyway, uh, so uh, – but, but of course, if you were to say – to the person, look, you, you must be—you must have been upset. I mean, the only thing that the only way I can understand is why you'd bunk me with an obnoxious Christian is because you're upset with Batman. No, I'm not upset about your religious views at all. I mean, if you're an, you want to be an atheist, you're an atheist. If my <laughs> friend wants to be a Christian, you're a Christian. I don't see why there would be any con like they just have that wide-eyed thing, mm -hmm. and then you're kind of stuck, right? Because you're either going to keep pushing on and say, no, 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 listen, come on, let's let's be smarter about this. Let's put our heads together and figure out how we got into this situation. And let's not pretend that it's just purely accidental or that I'm somehow overreacting. Let's really put our heads together and figure out what happened here. But no, nothing's happening. I mean, so I got one friend, I got two friends. Maybe they don't see eye to eye on everything, but but so what, right? I mean, we can be tolerant of each other. We Like you end up with that situation, right? Right. Where you simply cannot have an honest conversation because the person is too defended, right? Uh-huh. And then what? Then you're, you're, you're caught, right? Mm -hmm. Because then what happens is you're like a fly in <laughs> slowly creeping amber. Because what happens then is you can say, well, look, if we can't have an honest conversation about this, and I find this Christian guy pretty intolerable, and I'm sure he finds me pretty intolerable too, so it's fine. But if you don't have the, <laughs> you know, the, the sense that, that God gave a goose to, to recognize that this is not a good idea to put – these personality types and these belief systems together day after day, then, you know, you, you really don't know much about me. Uh, you don't know much about how to be a consistent and good friend. And since we can't have an honest conversation about this, I'm just going to hit the road. Right. Then what happens? Um, you know, aggressiveness. <laughs> well, if you're going to be like that. Yeah, look, things, I mean, yeah. Then, then like you become the guy who is so intolerant of others, right? <laughs> Right. <laughs> that, uh, you know, apparently he's too high and mighty to even be in the same room as a pretty nice Christian guy. You know, he's that ideological. He's that intolerant of others. And then you get all this stuff spread about you to everyone, right? Right. It's a trap, right? Right. <laughs> so it may be that you acted very sensibly given the situation. I mean, that's a possibility, right? Right, right. You don't I, sound convinced. I, yeah, I guess I have a seeing it that well, way. Well, no, look, let's let's look. I mean, let's go back. Let's revisit. Right, this is what you do. Right, when you fumble a pass or you think you fumbled a pass, you you go back and you you revisit and you say, hmm. Right. So okay. So what would you have done differently if you could do it again? And would you accept the consequences 
of doing it differently? Well, I, I guess if I were to, um, I, I guess I would have had to have probably ended that friendship if I were to have acted differently. Well, no, not necessarily. You see, you got to give yourself lots of flexibility in these areas, right? Right. So you could uh, say, oh, boy, my, my old war wound is coming back. Um, <laughs> so I need to go home and have lots of sitz baths or something. Right? <laughs> I mean, there's lots of things. Oh, you know, I, um, uh, I have X, Y, and Z to do, and X, Y, and Z can't, right? I mean, this, you could have made your excuses, as they say, right? Mm-hmm. That's a possibility, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I if, guess at the time I, I wouldn't have been able to rationalize that to myself because I, I never really like lied to my friend. You never lied to your friend? Yeah, not not like that. I wouldn't have said, "Oh, I need to go for such and such reason." No, I'm just. But it's a possibility, right? Right. Because right. we we don't owe people honesty if they're not being honest to us, right? Right, right. Well, I guess that's I mean, the honesty, thing. Was... Honesty is, is not a commitment. To, I mean, I, I genuine, genuinely believe that, 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 that virtue is not something that we make in, in the abstract. It's not just something that we, I'm going to be virtuous uh, regardless of the behavior of others, right? Because virtue is a relationship mm-hmm. with others. And as I've argued before, right, to take an example um, – if I say, uh, you ship me 500 bucks, I'm going to ship you an iPad. and But don't worry, I'll ship you the iPad first. And I never ship you the iPad. Are you obligated to ship me the $500? No, no. Of course not. Because I'm not dealing honestly with you. And therefore, since I'm breaking contract with you, you can break contract with me. Right. So if the friend is not being honest with you, I don't see any need to be honest with the friend. And that doesn't mean you sort of now you can scam him with impunity and you know steal his cat and and you know piss on his gondolia and gondolias. But but the reality is that that you don't owe people more than the virtue they they provide to you in in business uh, in in life as a whole, right? Right. I guess I was uh, kind of um, I kind of deluded about him. Well, uh, let's get to we'll get to the delusions in a sec. But I'm just sort of so if if you were to go back. Um, do you feel that you could have had an honest conversation with the fellow about the situation? Um, I guess I would have wanted to have got out of there. Like I would have said something like, okay, Oh, they're not answering my question. Would, do you feel like if you look back in hindsight, do you feel that there's any way that you could have had an honest conversation with the fellow about what was going on? Oh, No. No. Okay. So this is so. So first of all, then you've got to give yourself a get out of jail free card for not being honest and and open with the person, right? Because all you did at the beginning of the conversation was blame yourself, mm-hmm. right? You said, well, you know, I was being passive aggressive. I, you know, whatever, right? You had this sort of imp- I had the impression that you felt you weren't acting with integrity, right? Right. Well, if it's impossible to have an honest conversation, there's no sin in not having an honest conversation, right? Right. Free Domain Radio, we deal with the real, right? <laughs> and if the reality is that you can't, then you're not – it's not negative to, to not do something that is impossible. Does that make sense? Right, right. Okay, are you really getting this? I don't want you to say right, right if you disagree. Well, it, it's like there's a part of me that like doesn't believe that it like it wants to experience that. Like even, even though it's like a part of me knows – That sentence was not even remotely <laughs> – understandable to a english speaking person so please give it another shot i'm sorry um no no problem okay 
a part of me doubts me when I say that. So you think that you could have had an honest conversation with this fellow? Uh, I mean, you've known the friendship, right? I mean, you, you'd be the one to know. I would suspect not, but you would be the one to know. I mean, did this guy regularly have honest conversations about things that were difficult? Did he strive for self-knowledge? Had he been to therapy? Had he worked on himself? I mean, did he, had he done these things? Uh, no. I mean, you don't just walk up to your average friend and say, listen, I'm running a 28-mile marathon tomorrow. Do you want to join me? <laughs> right? I mean, right. that would be cruel. Right. And, and if you say, listen, uh, you know, my, my 300-pound friend can't join me on a marathon, are you being prejudicial or jumping to conclusions or being hasty? No. No, you're just stating a fact. Mm -hmm. My chain-smoking friend cannot climb Mount Everest with me. Not going to happen. Right? Right. This is not being prejudicial. It's just accepting reality. And people who haven't worked on themselves are not going to be able to run the marathon called self-knowledge. And bring that all into play in the present. So, had he been to therapy? No. Did he read anything about psychology? Uh, no. Had you had conversations about self-knowledge? Had he confronted difficult or painful issues in his life? Had he dealt with his childhood? Had he dealt with his past? Yes or no? No. That means no honesty in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Plain, I, I, simple fact. I guess I'm concerned then about this part of me that seems to... Uh guilt me or something into thinking that it was possible well first of all you are you are saying that it's a part of you and again you're jumping to conclusions we don't know that it may have been him that needed that and you simply complied it may not be a part of you right i mean look you're having an honest conversation with me so the fact that you didn't have an honest conversation with him is not entirely your doing right does that make sense you said um that the part is is him. Did you? I'm sorry. You said um, sorry. You said something about a part. Uh, me assuming that this part is me. Yes. Um, what did you say after that? I'm not sure if I quite understood. Well, uh, I can't remember exactly, but it probably was something along the lines that uh, it, it, it probably was him who desperately did not want you to have an honest conversation with him, or even attempt. Because, uh, how, how are we going to put this? Okay, everyone thinks they can run a marathon, mm -hmm. right? Everyone thinks that they can run the marathon called being honest, being good. I mean, you go up to just about everyone and say, do you strive for honesty and truth and, and goodness in your relationships? Of course they're going to say yes. Right. Of course they are. I mean, who's going to say, no, I'm a scumbag who attempts to manipulate the kidneys out of children? No, people don't do that, right? <laughs> so he believes that he can run a marathon. Now... If somebody says, I could run a marathon, and somebody genuinely believes at some level, at the surface level, that they can run a marathon, but in fact, they can't even run 100 yards, what's the most frightening thing that can happen to them? Uh. Someone who can run a marathon comes along and says, hey, let's run a marathon together, Mr. Marathon Man. Right. Do you see what I mean? Right. Does that make sense? So people who have not done the work to achieve self-knowledge, who don't know that they haven't done the work and have no particular plans to do it, mm -hmm. they believe that they're honest and good and all of these kinds of fun things, right? Right. 
But the fact is that they're not. Any more than you can run a marathon without training. Truth takes training, skill. And uh, I mean, I don't think it's naturally and innately true that that's always the case, but it certainly is true in our culture, right? And it's even more true in other cultures, right? Mm -hmm. So if you try and sit down and have an honest conversation with this fellow, you're basically saying, so, Mr. Guy who says he can run a marathon, let's run a marathon. Right. Well, he's not going to be happy about that. Mm -hmm. Right. And the guy who's handing you a counterfeit bill doesn't want you to put it in the counterfeit detection machine, right? Right. And so when you don't have an honest conversation with someone, the first place that I would look, maybe not the last, but certainly the first place that I would look is to say, well, what would it cost the other person if I did? Right. How would the other person fare if I did? Well, pretty badly. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean when I say... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say I'm beginning to see why I didn't do that. Because it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Right. Right, because, you know, people can come out with all kinds of slander. They can, I don't know, put stuff on the web. They can talk about with all your friends. And, you know, you can trigger defenses that make people kind of nutty, right? Right, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, you know, caution is important, right? Right. You see, like before, yeah, I wasn't seeing myself as being cautious. I was just seeing myself yeah, you're as like, being like masochistic and, you know, stuff like that. Right. Now, maybe, I mean, people who are liars are very good at spotting lies. People who are false are very good at spotting falsehoods. And so if you'd made up the my war wound is acting up, uh, I can tell a typhoon is coming because the way my groin is aching, uh, he may not he, he may have seen through that, in which case it would have been a very tricky situation indeed, right? Right. So maybe what you did was kind of like the right thing. Oh, interesting. Never considered that. That's right. Well, that's important, right? <laughs> that's important. And there's a reason why you didn't, which is that, again, that's costly to the other person. Right. But if somebody uh, – and, it, you know, it's a tough call. I mean, look, when people blather on to me about how great they are at running marathons, and I've been training in marathons for 30 years, and I know that they can't run a marathon, you know, because they're chain smoking or whatever. Right. Part of me wants to say, all right, Sonny, let's lace up and see how you do. Part of me wants to expose that crap, right? Yeah. But uh, part of me is like, you know, I could spend the rest of my life doing this and what would it really achieve? Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's not, yeah, not going to make anybody suddenly want to be truthful or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You know, what happens to people when you expose their false self is it destabilizes them and it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I'm even willing to do that if that's instructive to other people. But unfortunately, there's a ripple effect where it gets other people's false selves and other people's false selves and it snowballs, right? Right. Because it's too early. It's too early to expose these people. People aren't, aren't ready. Right, right. That makes sense. Right. 
I mean, you see this on the message board, right? Trolls come in and people have a really hard time seeing them. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I so, heard you yeah, talking about Charles last night, actually. Yeah, I mean, we—I—I I think it's worth being a little bit cautious. Right. I mean, when you're outnumbered, it's—you don't do a frontal charge, right? You're an insurgent. <laughs> right, right. And that's the thing. I—I've fallen into the trap of like uh, dismissing my fear as paranoia. No, 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 don't do that. 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 Because that's a way, look, that's a way of disarming you, right? If you're going to survive a war, you better be cautious, right? If there are bullets whizzing, I mean, think of those poor bastards in the First World War, the Gallipoli guys, right? I mean, they know. They know that they're walking into a hail of bullets and their likelihood of surviving is not one in a thousand, right? right? Well, they should damn well feel fear, right? right? And they should damn well want to run away and hide and... All that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be kind of crazy not to feel that. I, I have, like, a bit of an issue at the moment because, like, I, I want to get, like, proper closure on my family. But, like, I also have, like, this deep fear as well. Uh, that well, sorry, ter- listen, I, I, I don't s- think I can do both in one call. Right, sorry. <laughs> Let's just deal with the, with the friend thing. I'm okay, maybe sorry. About that another time, okay. but... Uh, Let's uh, let's just try and stay on uh, on the one that's sort of really front and center for you at the moment. Okay, okay. If that's all right. Yeah. But I mean, these pro- these are probably not uh, these are probably not unrelated, as I'm as I'm sure you're aware. Mm-hmm. But um, but in terms of feeling sort of numb, well, look, if you if you dismiss your fear, then you know it's. We think, like, I don't know if you've ever lived in a house where there's these um, fuse boxes, right, mm-hmm. on the in the basement. Right, yeah. Yeah, so um, we like to think that we can selectively switch bits on and off, right? Yeah. But I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. I think that there's only one big fucking switch, oh. right? So, you know, you can't just turn off the study lights. You can't just turn off the the um, main floor right by the kitchen and nowhere else lights, mm-hmm. right? So if you're going to throw off a big switch called fear, all the switches go off. Right. If fear or anger or whatever it is that's uncomfortable for people, if that is switched off, everything goes off. Right. And so if you're looking as to why you can't feel... Well, it's because you've said to your feelings, I don't believe you. You are not helpful to me. Hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And what are your feelings going to do? What are they going to do when you say that to a friend, right? Friends trying to give you advice, you're like, you're wrong. You're inconvenient to me. I don't believe you. You have negative motives and... You know, you caution me to, you, you, you say I should be cautious, but I'm just going to call you a coward. Is your friend going to want to continue to give you advice? No. When you don't listen, when you aren't curious, when you don't RTR with your self, with your feelings, with your passions, how interested are your passions going to be in informing you? Right. 
I have this fear that like um I I won't be able to earn the trust back. Good. My unconscious. That's good. That's good because you're feeling fear. That's a feeling, right? Right. <laughs> Listen, this is my my big piece of advice to you. And it's a big piece of advice to everyone. I hope you'll let other people listen to this. But always be on a first date with yourself. That's the trick, right? Don't be on a 20-year marriage day with yourself where you just kind of, you know, the cliche is you just kind of brush past each other on your way to doing other things and so on, right? Right. But always be on a first date with yourself. You know, and your first date with some woman, you are, uh, you're really listening. You know, some woman you've wanted to go out with for a long time, she's finally said yes. You dress to the nines, you pick her up, you're all kinds of courteous. You know, if something, if your balls itch, you don't scratch them. Maybe with, a, maybe with a fork while she's looking at a painting or something. But then not too much because then you yelp like, anyway, we can get into that story another time. But, but you're on a first date. You're, you're really listening to her. You're really interested in everything she has to say. You're asking lots of questions. That's how we are with ourselves when we are at our most productive. Always be on a first date with yourself. Take your fear out to a nice restaurant. Get it drunk. Take advantage of it. No. <laughs> Take your fear out to a nice restaurant. Really listen to it. Look it in the eye. Say, I really want to know what you have to say. May not agree with it all, but you're certainly free to not agree with me about everything. But I open my ears. I open my heart. I open my arms to everything that you have to say to me. Because I think you're hot. <laughs> fear. It's right. sexy. sexy. No, but you know what fear. I mean. Be on a first date with yourself. Take your inhibitions. Take your fears. Take your anxieties. Take your anger out for a first date. And do what everyone should do in a first date. Ask questions, shut up, and listen. Right. I guess... Um, but you're, you're treating your... You're like some old, bad, married couple, you know? <laughs> ah, I've heard all this before. Ah, who cares? Ah, same old song and dance. Ah, right, right. No, no, no. That's not going to work. I mean, it's not going to be productive. Right. Um, what, what do you do, though, if, if like, you're really defensive to yourself like uh like i'll i'll try and be like curious uh, with myself but um it, well, it'll be like what's that i saying? mean if, if if you if you haven't listened then it's going to take a while to warm up right i mean it's like if you show up for your first date 45 minutes late mm -hmm. the girl's going to be pissed right right and you're going to have to be extra nice and you're going to have to be extra conciliatory and you're going to have to be hugely apologetic and you're going to have to win her over or warm her up again, right? Right. So if you have been harsh with yourself or dismissed yourself or been down on yourself or attacked yourself or whatever, look, I understand these are parental voices or teacher voices or priest voices or whatever, but mm -hmm. you know, just to, to simplify that aspect of the conversation – if you have been rude to yourself, then you need to woo yourself back because you're, you know, your your parts are going to be suspicious. Right. Right. And so be patient and be warm, right? I mean, if you show up forty five minutes late for a date, and your date isn't jumping up to see you, do you, do you get to say, well, forget it then? If this isn't going to work, this isn't going to work. I don't think so. I mean, you can. You can say whatever you want. I just, that doesn't seem like the right thing to say. Mm -hmm. I guess it's like, I don't feel, uh, maybe this is of the issue, um, like the self-attack, that felt like it wasn't me doing it. I felt like a victim of that. So I have a hard time, like, 
apologize. Well, but that's sorry, that? but that's being no, but that's being curious. I mean, and you certainly don't apologize without meaning it. That's going to come across as really fake. But the self attack, right? You need to uh, be curious about that, right? Like uh, you need to ask questions about that, and 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 also be assertive, right? Say, how how's the self attacking working out for us? Is it is it making us better? Is it making us happier? Is it solving anything? No. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have the right to ask that voice to lighten up, to lessen up, so that you can actually listen. Stop yelling, so I can hear you. Right. Right. Be assertive, and that's good training for assertiveness in the world. I would say as a whole, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, if if uh, you show up for the first date and you're 45 minutes late and your date is ragging on you, you know, you can take it a little bit. But then after 10 minutes, it's like, hey, you know, this is unreasonable now. I'm really sorry that I was late. Here's what happened. I didn't have any ill intent. There was bad traffic. I got a flat tire. I was attacked by a pterodactyl. I mean, I'm sorry. But uh, if we're going to continue this date, which I'd like to, we either need to like we need to find a way to just move past this. And actually have a productive conversation. I just can't have you sit there ragging on me, right? Right. Okay. You know, there's I, there's no fundamental differentiation between assertiveness with the self and assertiveness with others. And in fact, I would say that one is a precondition of the other, right? You ha- you, you can't be assertive with others if you aren't assertive with yourself. And if you will, if you permit bad behavior with yourself, from yourself, in terms of self-attacking, you'll forever be helpless with others, right? It is with the self that we gain assertiveness, and from there, it's much easier to be assertive outside ourselves. Right. I definitely need to work on that. Well, yeah, I mean, you, or you could say I need to relax and, and listen to that more. All right. Because work sounds like... Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, right? Yeah. Yeah, I have a habit of doing that as well. And, and that, that, again, that comes from just another voice, which is like, it's almost like now I, I must punish myself for being, quote, lazy, right? But right. it is not uh, lazy uh, to succumb to self-criticism. I mean, that is not lazy. That's almost inevitable when you come from certain kinds of histories. Right. And in terms of, like, um, well, I was listening. I just wanted to ask something. Like, you were talking last night about... Um, uh, people's souls dying um and then i started like panicking worrying that my soul has died Um, well but i was talking about people who have done great evil in the world and people who who cannot who cannot achieve restitution with those they have wronged right i think you're in that category (laughs) right does that make sense yeah, I guess maybe a part of me believes that I am evil or something. And that's a part to have a conversation with, but you PB that motherfucker, right? Right. Which is don't just accept that as a label. Say, okay, by which definition of morality am I termed evil? And by which definition of morality, I mean, have you have you strangled a homeless guy? Not recently. Have you strangled a homeless guy? <laughs> no. No? Uh, have you raped cabbage in full view? Of the... <laughs> no. Okay, then you're fine. <laughs> so those are the only two things that UPP doesn't allow. But, uh, you know, I mean, just, you know, hey, if you're going to, you know, otherwise it's just verbal abuse. I mean, you can't call someone evil without a good reason, mm-hmm. uh, without well, a, a just and fair reason. And so, uh, you know, just say, I simply will not, not accept this label. 
without justification. That is abusive. If you want to talk to me and say that there's things that I can do that's better, fantastic. I'm all ears. But don't you dare use those four-letter words with me without good cause or you're just an asshole. Right. See, I worry about calling these parts of me an asshole. No, no, no. I said if, right? (laughs) If you can't justify it and you continue to verbally abuse me, then, yeah, you're being an asshole. You can say that to yourself. Right. Because I always get scared that they're going to get revenge on me <laughs> well they already are right what you got to lose <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no no it's look that the, the, the standards are right so prior to knowledge prior to you standing up for yourself with these parts and all that then they're in a state of nature they're just doing whatever they can get away with whatever history has programmed to do whatever the momentum of prior trauma has enabled them to continue doing and so you know when you you put your hand up and you engage in a productive and positive way with these parts and you say hey you know, don't just call me names. Give me standards. Give me something that's helpful. Right. And, and it appeals to their greed, right? So the part of you that's calling yourself evil, um, you know, it's not much fun to sit there and be a moralizing, jerky part of some other person, right? Don't you want to get out there and enjoy the world and have more fun? That, per- that part does as well, right? Right. The thing is that, like, this part does, does talk about things that I've done in the past. Um, and-, and, and, okay, that's fine. Then you say to that part, do you, do you want to do this role play now? You don't have to tell me anything in specific, right? So he's reeling off some litany of bad things you've done, right? Right. Right? And so I would say to this part, well, weren't you there? Two? Yeah, but I mean, you didn't you're not, you're not a part of me that just came in like a demon this, like 10 minutes ago, right? You were there too when I was doing these things. He said, yeah, but you didn't listen. Well, were you clear? Did you talk to me or did you just attack me? Did you attempt to reason me compassionately and productively out of making these negative decisions? You, would, you wouldn't listen. Uh, you see, you're blaming me again. I, I wasn't asking you whether I was listening. I was asking how did you approach the problem of communicating to me that I was doing bad things? Did you do your very best, your very best to communicate to me in a way that I would listen? or had the best chance of listening, or did you attack and call me names, or were you silent and are now castigating me afterwards? And I'm saying this because I want your wisdom. If you see me doing evil, I want your wisdom. I want to avoid doing evil things. But clearly the way that you've been communicating with me, if you have been, and I don't remember specifically, but if if you have been communicating to me or you have a desire to help me avoid doing evil, clearly that hasn't been working, right? Mm -hmm. And to just blame me is to take no responsibility for yourself and your decisions or, or any, anything like that. And surely that's not good, right? It's not good to take no responsibility for your style of communicating with me. Right. I'm not saying I'm the best listener in the world and I've got to work a hell of a lot harder to listen to you and I've got to work a hell of a lot harder to open up the channels of communication with you. And I, I will take that on. I'm not blaming you entirely. But if all you do is say, well, I did the very best I could, you don't listen, and now you're fully responsible for every bad thing that you've done, and I had nothing to do with any of these bad things, I don't think that's the kind of responsibility that you want me to emulate, right? If you want me to behave better, you need to show me that better behavior. And just blaming me and attacking me and taking no responsibility for yourself, that is not the kind of behavior that you want me to be emulating as, as I learn from your example, right? Right. So lead me by example. And, and let's make a commitment. I will work to really listen hard, but you've got to stop yelling. And you've got to take responsibility for failing to help us avoid the evil that we've done. Right. 
in the past. And I have to take responsibility. I'm not saying it's, I'm, I'm not going to, I take responsibility for that too. But you were there and you had a knowledge of something that I didn't have or I don't remember having, you know, of the bad things that were going to happen. You claim to have had this knowledge because you can't blame me. If you didn't know that these things were going to be evil that we did, then you can't blame me for not knowing either, right? Obviously, you had to, in order to blame me, you had to have had some kind of foreknowledge of what we were going to do and, and how to avoid it, right? Because if you knew it was going to be evil, but there was no way to avoid it, you can't blame me, right? Mm. If you didn't know and there was no way to avoid it, you can't blame me because you can't ask me to have more knowledge than you, right? I'm not omniscient or anything like that. So you had to have known that these things were going to be bad and you had to have known that it was avoidable. But whatever you did did not allow us to avoid these bad things. And that's not what we want in the future. We, we want to work together in the future to help us avoid these bad things, right? Which means I've got to listen more and you have to find a way to communicate to me, to me ahead of time in a way that is working, in a way that is helpful, in a way that helps us to avoid these things which you find uh, shameful and, and wrong. Right. His defense was, now you're putting it all on me. <laughs> And I can understand that, but that's why it's so hard for you to take any responsibility because it comes as a crushing weight on you, right? Right. Whereas I'm saying, let's work together. I need to listen more. We need to have more regular conversations, but you've got to stop castigating me for stuff that you were unable to prevent. And if you blame me 100% and you 0%, I can't respect you because that's not reasonable. Right. Because if you were the only one who had knowledge and the capacity to avert these disasters, but you had 0% capacity to achieve your goal of helping us to avoid these disasters, then you can't blame me for listening to someone for whom it was impossible to tell me in any effective way. I mean, that's like blaming me for not hearing somebody who's shouting in a spacesuit on the dark side of the moon. I see. So, yes, I need to listen more. Yes, I need to consult you. So when we're making decisions like should we go partying, should we go take drugs, should we do this, what should we do in this situation with this friend and this, this Christian gay guy or whatever, I need to ask you, you need to not yell at me. Like, let's make that commitment. Obviously, you don't want to spend the rest of your life locked up in my head, yelling and castigating and casting asshole thunderbolts like an Old Testament jerkazoid, right? That's not, that's not the role that you want for the rest of your life, right? Right. That's no fun. That is no fun. That's like being, it's just being trapped in the Old Testament with no way out. That's <laughs> Right? You, you don't want to be Thor with a hemorrhoid having to sit on a cactus, right? That's not going to be any fun for you for the, until the end of time. So... You know, get off the high horse, get off the Sermon on the Mount, get off the flaming thunderbolts that are designed to blow up my ego every single time you think that I've done something wrong. Let's have a conversation and let's be smart about how we can build a life where we can both be free, where I'm not flying blind and you're not blaming me for every crash landing that happens. Right. Does that, He's gonna... that, does that sound like more fun than, than the way we've been doing it? I guess I've, I've had a hard time like seeing this part as a part of me. It has very much felt like, you know, 
like God or something. <laughs> sure. Um, sure, absolutely. And there is, I have no doubt, if we were to trace it back, we would find the genesis or the infection of this particular part. But it is a part now. Right. And, you know, if uh, if someone breaks my leg, the fracture in my bone is is mine forever. Right. Right? The responsibility for it is somebody else's. But what I have to work with is now mine forever. And it's not going anywhere. These voices can't be undone. They cannot, un you cannot unring that bell. Right. And so, yeah, you can apologize. I would apologize to the voice for not listening more, for flying blind, for being so frightened of, I mean, it's a funny thing about this voice, right? Is that you're frightened of its criticism, but then the moment you tried to balance the criticism, it became very frightened of your criticism and said, now you're just trying to blame me entirely. Do you see the parallel? Right. The, 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 the sensitivity to criticism or to correction or to negotiation, the hypersensitivity to it is something that you both share. And that's what you have in common. And if you can both lower that or find a way to deal with that anxiety and still keep in the conversation, you're both going to be way better off. Right. Did you have a, a similar part? Yeah. Uh, how long did it take for you to change? <laughs> Are you assuming it's all done? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess. Look, it's a continual process. It's a continual process for sure. Right. Um, yeah, it's a continual process. So it's something I still need to work on. It's something I think everybody needs to work on. You know, when, when do you stop training to be an athlete? Well, never. Never. Right? I mean, Michael Jordan shoots hoops five, six hours a day. Mm. Or did when I guess it's an old metaphor. But you know, <laughs> like Tiger Woods is still out there hitting balls a couple hours a day. Right. Right. So you don't stop, you know, because when you stop, you stop backsliding. It's like anything that's, right? I guess, when, do you, um, when do you stop exercising? You, you, well, if you do stop exercising, you will start to lose the benefits of exercise. It's a, you know, the self-knowledge is a continual process. It doesn't sort of, yeah, I reach equilibrium. Now I can float in a lotus position down the sea of ambrosia until the end of time. It doesn't work like that. At least I don't think it does. Right. I mean, it's all just my opinions, but. Right. I guess, how long did it take before you notice like, a, a significant improvement? Like oh, the improvements, look, the improvement, no, the improvements come pretty quickly. Uh, they, they're not very consistent at the beginning, but they certainly come, uh, come quickly. Uh, and there are more improvements early on than there are later on, which is true of anything you do. You plateau, and then you have to find other approaches and so on. But, um, I see. But no, you can expect, I mean, you can expect significant relief after your first conversation where you stand your ground and that will continue. And then there'll be times where you forget about it, you haven't done it, you get lazy like everyone. Mm -hmm. And then you realize that that has negative effects, so you get back to doing it more regularly and so on. And, and, but the benefits will accrue very quickly. I mean, I'm not saying you're going to feel a million times better, but that little role play that we had, did it give you some sense of how to move forward in this kind of conversation with the self? Yeah. I got a sense that this part was slightly relieved at the possibility of having a different kind of role or a more less crazy and aggressive kind of role in the future. You know, that kind of stuff can happen very quickly. Right. Right. Yeah, I'll definitely listen back to this. Oh, yeah, I know. And, uh, you know, we haven't used any names or anything. So right. if it's something you would feel comfortable sharing, uh, I would appreciate that. But take a have a listen and uh, let me know what you think. Right. Right. Absolutely. I'll give the go right. ahead now. Okay, I will send you a copy, and uh, thanks again. I'm sorry it took a little while for us to, to hook up, but I'm glad that we did. Oh, that's cool. Thank you very much. I really appreciate okay. it. Okay, bye.